We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Roadwire NBA podcast. It is Thursday, April 6th. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. This is going to be the penultimate Roadwire NBA Thursday podcast of the season, James. You and I are going to do plenty of NBA draft stuff uh, in the coming months leading up to June 22nd's NBA draft. But next week is the final of the weekly regular. NBA Thursday podcast and I can tell I could tell in just the last couple of weeks your voice has been a little bit different um you're taking this hard yeah I mean it's always it's always tough to say goodbye to the the weekly NBA pod uh but you know happy to enjoy these final you know hopefully not not much longer than half hour pods with you and and we'll uh send it off in in a big way yeah. here yeah looking forward to the NBA draft combine in yeah. May, which I'm going to force you to go to with me. Yep. So we can do I think, more. I think that's going to happen. Do more investigative journalism <laughs> uh, like last year and definitely not just dig up hang some out. scoops. Yeah, dig up some scoops. <laughs> uh, I was mostly digging up scoops of the food that was on hand, which I thought at first was available to the media and later turns out might not have been for the media and might have been for the staff that was on hand. Um, but we'll get that issue sorted out this time around. <laughs> Regardless, 
a lot to talk about in the NBA. I have a whole list of items uh, that I want to get to. Uh, I think I only told you to prep for one of these items, so okay. we're going to start it out. I'm guessing you probably haven't seen this news yet uh, because you just got into the office a couple minutes ago. A friend of the program is officially declared for the NBA draft. Luke Kennard, ah. gone from Duke. I mean, you could see that one coming from a mile away. This is a, a true building block, I think, at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. In all seriousness, he's a guy that I would love to have fall to me in the the early 20s if I was a team uh I think that's probably where he goes uh would be surprised if he was still on the board at like pick 25 just because of everything he can do offensively and his size I mean he he's not going to be a great defender but I mean he he puts in effort on that end and I think he'll continue to do that so I don't really see anything stopping him from being you know a team's best guard off the bench and there might even be a room for a little bit more yeah, I wrote in an article that went up on the site earlier this week where I, I took a look at players who maybe helped or hurt their stock during the NCAA tournament. He was someone whose stock, you know, nobody can really kill their stock in a one, two, three game sample uh, like the NCAA tournament. And if teams are smart, they're not basing their entire evaluation process on that. But Kennard struggled in both of Duke's NCAA tournament games. He ended up fouling out against South Carolina in the round of 32 so not the the great end of the season, um, you know, despite a really, really good conference season for Kennard. But I, I, like you said, I think he's firmly still in that back half of the first round. And he's a guy who's going to interview well. He's going to shoot the lights out in workouts. And I think it'd be pretty surprising if he slips out. A little bit uh, more surprisingly today, Isaiah Briscoe leaving Kentucky to enter the NBA draft. And he's he's going to hire an agent. Seems like kind of an odd move. Um, I don't know if this is something where we've kind of seen this before with Kentucky where guys who are sophomores or juniors end up leaving a little bit earlier than they should just because they know that they're never going to get a chance to be the guy. And it's like, you know, you're coming off a pretty good season if you're Briscoe. You played well as a freshman. Your stock's maybe not going to get any better than it is right now, and you're only going to get older. Uh, but still, I mean, Briscoe is a very borderline second-round pick at this point, it would, it would seem. Right. I mean, saying that someone is leaving earlier than they should kind of assumes that the only two things they care about are either getting drafted in the first two rounds or uh, they or that going back to school is something that's important to them, like for a third year. And, you know, he might just be at a point where he is ready to start getting paid to play hoops. And if that's in the D League or overseas, then that's probably a life he'll enjoy a bit more than being a guy that plays 10 or 12 minutes a game at Kentucky next year. Right. That's a, that's a good point. I mean, like you said, a lot of these guys, it's just, I want to be paid for. Right. He's not, he's, he's never going to develop. I, I don't think he's ever going to develop into a, a player that is routinely on NBA rosters. Uh, I mean, I would have probably said the same thing about a guy like Yogi Ferrell. Uh, so there's always a, a chance that a guy like this, really impresses someone and takes advantage of like one small opportunity and, and make something of himself. But even if he's just playing in the D league, that's, I mean, that D leaguers get paid more than Rotowire writers. So, I mean, it's not like I, I'm not going to hate on a guy for just being like, I'm going to go play in the D league. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So that's the two, the two uh, points of news uh, in the NCAA realm. We're going to stick mostly to the NBA for the rest of this i don't want to spend much time on this which i think i've introduced probably like 85 percent of topics on this podcast this year by saying that and then i've broken that right. that rule yeah. like yeah, at least 85 percent of the time but tracy mcgrady's in the hall of fame 
my man, Tracy McGrady, is in the Hall of Fame. I talked about this with DJ yesterday, but I think you can probably do a little bit of a better job contextualizing T-Mac's career um, as, as you were a, an ardent follower of the league during T-Mac's heyday, uh, as I was. Does he belong in? Do you have a problem with him being in? I, I think most of the reaction has been, yeah, of course he's a Hall of Famer, mostly based on you know a four- or five-year peak that stacks up with any shooting guard ever, but obviously the longevity wasn't there. Yeah, I think I'm a, especially when we're talking about guys um, from his era where, where guys didn't rest, uh, I'm, I'm more of a peak guy than a longevity guy, at least if, if you're taking one or the other. Like, I'll, I'll take the guy with the really, really nice five or six year peak over the guy with 15 or 16 years of just you know, never really a top 10 player in the league, but made, you know, a handful of all-star right. games. Uh, McGrady was probably the best, if not the best, maybe the second best pure scorer in the league for two or three years in a row in the early 2000s behind maybe Kobe Bryant. I think it was, yeah, Pat Garrity, Kobe Bryant, <laughs> Tracy McGrady. I mean, he, from from the 2000, 2001 season to the, the 06, 07 season, he averaged almost 27 points a game, uh, six and a half rebounds, five and a half assists, shot 35% from three. I mean, those are in the, and that was in an era too, where like the three point shot wasn't really being emphasized the way it is now. Uh, pace of play was different than it is now. Uh, I mean, he was being asked to play 39, 40 minutes a night dealt with some, some injuries uh, probably because of the, the heavy workload there. And, you know, if, if he'd been playing in today's game, it'd be interesting to see what his shooting numbers would look like, what his, you know, what, what he would be able to do if he got five or six games of rest per year. Uh, but I mean, he was a guy that uh, I think, you know, I've heard, we've heard the story about how Paul Pierce, like a, in his prime, Paul Pierce would just let McGrady shoot over him, shoot, shoot three pointers over him uh even when he was shooting close to 40 percent from three just because he knew that if he tried to get up on him mcgrady would just blow by him for mm-hmm. a dunk yeah the three-point thing is really interesting um because tracy mcgrady took a lot of long twos like a ton of long twos, like shots that you just don't even see guys take unless it's the end of the shot clock anymore or it's lebron just messing around like he does like get, from 2002 to 2006 43% of Tracy McGrady's field goal attempts came from between 16 feet to the three-point line. Like That is an absurd In, inside number. Inside the three-point line and 16 feet? Wait. Between 16 feet. And and three-point range. Yeah. Okay. So almost half crazy? Oh, no, sorry. I'm, I'm looking at percentage. He shot Okay. He shot that percentage. Sorry, this is basketball reference. <laughs> that was good. Really, that, that seems That's too crazy. high. Yeah. No, so he shot 43% from that distance. Um, and basketball reference is still really impressive. It. Still, let's just take one single year. His last year in Orlando, which was one of his peak years, 37% of his field goal attempts came from between 16 feet and the three point line. Like, that is a ridiculously low, you know, in terms of return, right? A rate of return on, on that shot. That's like a terrible percentage. And T Max still made a living and still averaged 32 points per game doing that. So, I, mean, I, I of course, have no problem with him being in. Well, and he. I mean the the rebounds and the assists too are are just really kind of huge if you compare them to 
the era and like what other players of his ilk were doing and, and the fact that he was getting those rebounds, even though, you know, a lot of the time he's away from the basket, he's getting those assists, even though he's playing with a lot of mediocre players, probably playing in, you know, if, if you put him in a offense, like a today's type of offense, what would those assist and rebounds numbers look like? I mean, he might've been the guy coming close to averaging a triple double. If you put him in today's game and yeah, uh, really, really tough to guard. I mean, that that was an era where there were a decent amount of wings. Uh, if you put him in today's era, like I don't know who's guarding him. I mean, he's he's basically physically he's kind of like uh, LeBron James in terms of how hard he was to to slow down, uh, regardless of whether you're a shooting guard or a small mm-hmm. forward. So I mean, I, I'm fine with him being in. Yeah, he's he probably he he's a notch above guys like uh grant hill and penny hardaway just in terms of their hall of fame candidacy just because i think the peak was a little bit longer whereas those guys had similarly high peaks but they just weren't quite as long because of injuries right i mean mcgrady was still good for a long time you know like obviously he's one of those guys that he played his last nba game when he was 32 um and you know i mean lebron's like 32 now isn't he i mean you, you obviously see a lot of players go longer than that but he still peaked from basically 2000 until you know 2008 you know and his peak in from 06 to 08 wasn't as high as it was from 2000 to 2004 of course but still i mean he was still a really good player and it's not like he was just good for 3 years or anything like that so obviously we're we're kind of in the same boat as far as peak being better than longevity like where does that leave a player like joe johnson Numbers-wise, in terms of totals, he's going to stack up really well in a lot of categories when it's all said and done. Absolutely not. <laughs> like, not even okay. not even close for me. Because, I mean, to me, he was never – yeah, he got a max deal, but he was never really in that class of – was he even, like, a, ever a top 15 player in the league? Like, I I mean, I'm, he probably made I would a, say no. Maybe he made a, maybe a for few like two years. all-NBA teams, um, maybe, maybe on the third team. Was I don't he know. like an eight-time all-star, something like that? Yeah, because he played in the East with the Hawks. Like, for like the, the worst the Eastern Conference has ever been, Joe Johnson was in there for all of that. Mm. So Seven-time all-star, one time with the Nets. Yeah, okay. He so averaged that, 15 points, <laughs> three and a half rebounds, and three assists and made the all-star team. Yeah. I mean, he's he's just not an all star at all. Like I, I don't, yeah, I don't. Are people saying? Are people talking about Joe Johnson? And people the are talking. <laughs> I mean, the the it's, Hall of Fame. He's gonna. I mean, he's gonna come up. People debate whether like Vince Carter's an all star. Right. Like that, that's or, that's yeah, just I, insane. Well, with T Mac being in, Vince is gonna get in. Right. I think that kind of sealed the deal. And it, it's kind of feels weird to say, but how is Chris Webber not in? That's an entirely different <laughs> debate. We I talked about that with DJ a little bit yesterday. He should be in. I think part of it is that Weber never had a college career. So says the NCAA record book. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that whole thing factors into it, the whole what a, uh, issue with, with what happened at Michigan. Like, I think that that's a big part of why he's not in. But, I mean, it definitely shouldn't be. And he, he won – he he took a – the Sacramento Kings to like Western Conference Finals, like the the, the Kings. Kings, like the Kings, the Sacramento Kings, <laughs> like that, that's. I mean, okay, whatever. He worked with Vlade Divac <laughs> to do that. What about somebody who's going to be eligible next year? Which this is what I said to DJ yesterday too. Is like crazy that this guy is eligible after Trace McGrady, but Grant Hill. 
NBA wise, I say no, but three national title games, two national titles as a college player, one of the probably 10 best college players of the last 30 years. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we get, I got into debates a bit with this about, uh, with Kevin O'Brien about whether the Bucks should have taken, or at the time, whether it made sense for the Bucks to take Glenn Robinson over Grant Hill. And he says that it was like a, you know, they had to take, they had to take big dog, like based on what he did in college. And if that's true, then how could Grant Hill have really been one of the 10 best players of all time? If it, that's true. That's if there were NBA teams taking that's true. Glenn Robinson over you, then maybe you weren't like that. Okay. Amazing so big college. dog did win the Naismith that year. Grant Hill never won a Naismith. Okay, he's probably not a top ten <laughs> college player ever. But how many college players have? I mean, his his last year at Duke, he was putting up like seventeen, eight, and six. Yeah. Like nobody does that. Well, in he was sort of ahead of his time in right. terms of like what people look for in prospects. Where he was athletic, he was long, he was versatile. Uh, didn't have, you know, wasn't a double double machine. Yeah. You know, like that. It just if if he was a prospect today. You know, he probably doesn't stay more than one year, but he also, like, people would be like, oh, man, not even close. Like, we're taking Grant Hill, and then maybe we might take Jason Kidd. Maybe Glenn Robinson goes in, like, the teens or something. Right. Hill's one of those guys who, I mean, where did he go in the NBA draft? Uh, I think two or three. He might go, like, you put him in today's game, he probably goes in the same area. Like, the equivalent of Glenn Robinson today does not go number one overall. Right. It's kind of the inverse of what we talk about with Swanigan all the time. I don't, I just don't. You know, McGrady to me, I think is is an easy one because I I remember like a stretch of seasons where he was one of the top five players in the league. Uh, Grant Hill, though, his piston, like his last healthy year with the Pistons, I think he was easily a, a top five player in the league. But that might have been. You know, I don't know how many times other than that he was a top five player in the league. It it and his peak. It's tough when your your peak is your first, uh, you know, five of your first six years, which is the same thing with Penny Hardaway, where like you just don't your your peak's not supposed to be then, and like injuries just made that your peak. Right. So it's it's hard to say like what he would have been if he if he'd stayed healthy. Uh, I I that's a tougher sell for me, but. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be right. up in arms if, if he gets if in. Grant it's going to be very heavily weighted on his college accomplishments, right? And that's that's. It's really interesting to kind of juxtapose Hill and Weber because it's like nobody would ever question who the better player was, but just wiping out one guy's college accomplishments and right. then looking at another guy's. So, Cavs Celtics. I know you did not watch this. However, I did watch it. Anything to be taken from Cleveland absolutely giving it to Boston on their home floor and clinching home court advantage uh, or clinching the tiebreaker, I should say, if they were to, you know, if it were to come to that. I mean, I think the last time we talked, we both were in the camp of the Cavs are coming out, right? Of the of the East. Yes. And I think we were both I think we've both always been in the camp of Boston is a team that could get knocked off a lot earlier than people think. And I think all this game really did was kind of confirm both of those hypotheses. Yeah. This is the, uh, I mean, did you see LeBron's quote before the game? 
No. Uh, he was asked, you know, basically just the typical, like, how big of a game is this? This has <laughs> got to be pretty big, right? And he said, I've been to six straight finals. I'm the last person you should be asking about a regular season game. So in typical LeBron fashion, downplays it, acts like he doesn't care, goes out and has, you know, his probably his most dominant game against a good team of the season, maybe since Christmas Day uh, against Golden State. So this was kind of a reaffirming game, and I think it was, it was a bit of a spirit-crushing game for Boston because I was, I was initially listening to the game on the radio uh, as I was walking back from the gym, and, the, and to the intro uh, before the game, you know, the, the radio guys are saying, they're running through, like, this is probably the biggest regular season game in Boston in, you know, X number of years. And I'm thinking, like, really? Is this, how is that the case? And I think the Celtics saw this as their chance to really prove that, you know, we are the number one seed. <laughs> cool. And boy, did that not happen. Um, without Tristan Thompson, the Cavs are kind of scary because LeBron at the four was able to just get switches at will onto Marcus Smart, onto Avery Bradley, onto Terry Rozier. And he did what he always does in the playoffs and doesn't like to do in the regular season all that much, get to the paint, you know, wall off a guy and just make a drop step layup. He had like four of those on the night. Yeah, like there's, there's some some people are kind of scared of teams that have to flip a switch. But to me, I'm more I'm I'm a fan of teams that actually have a a switch to flip versus a team like Boston where they don't have any next level they can get to. Like the the regular season, Boston is as good as Boston can be. Whereas you know LeBron is just infamous for this. I mean, going back eight, ten years where there's just certain plays or certain games in the regular season or even certain plays or games in the postseason where he's just not really giving 100%. But, like, when the chips are actually down, you he's by far the best player in the world. Right. And we've seen this with, with the Cavs specifically over and over, too, where, you know, they – they feel like they have to be backed into a corner for whatever reason to to find that motivation to play well. And I, I guess there were enough people talking about their struggles that they finally felt the need to go out and take it to a team like Boston. So, I mean, it's not over. It, it, Cleveland could still end up as the two in the East, but it seemed like after last night that all of a sudden the seating doesn't matter and the Cavs once again reaffirmed that they are indeed the best team in the East. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about pristineauction.com. Pristine Auction is the place to go if you're a sports fan and you're looking for memorabilia for your man cave or just your personal collection. eBay is great, but with a site like that where anyone can sell anything, you don't know exactly what you're getting. And with Pristine Auction, everything is guaranteed to be 100% authentic and only from the most trusted sources. Plus, buying in an auction format makes everything more affordable. It's quick, it's free, and it's easy to register. And unlike other auction sites, it's free to bid. You only pay when you win. Pristine Auction has a ton of memorabilia from all the major sports, even Jacksonville Jaguars stuff, if you're into that, like I may or may not be. You can check out Pristine Auction. Again, that's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, Pristine Auction. It's authentic, it's affordable, and you only pay for what you win. So, all NBA teams. Let's get to this first before we finish out with a little Markel Fultz talk. I think we're going to agree on most of these, which is a departure from our usual discourse on this podcast. But uh, how do you want to go through these? What's the most uh, tantalizing uh, way we can do it? Should I just – should one of us do a, a first team and the other do a first team? Or should we go position by position all the way down? 
let's do team by team. Okay. So you go first. All right. So I have Russell Westbrook, James Harden at the guards, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James at the forwards, and Anthony Davis at the center. I think that for me went the whole is can we put this guy at forward or center like that to me if like if it's a question then he's a center like there's guys where you don't even think about like you would never be like well can I put like Kevin Love at center or can I put uh Giannis Antetokounmpo at center See, like I'm fine with that personally I mean I but I get it but like Anthony Davis, there's people out there that are like, well, I don't know. Like, you know, he's been playing a lot of forward for them since DeMarcus Cousins came over. Like, he's a center. Like, let's get real. Like, put him put him at center. For the record, Davis, when he made first team two years ago, was listed as a forward. And there's also precedent for players to make it at two different positions. Tim Duncan made it a number of years at forward, and he made it as a center in 2012-13. Don't even get me started on the Duncan nonsense. Like, he's a center like the whole he's the best power forward of all time thing he's been a center like whenever I watched him Duncan play I've always thought of him as a center I know he played next to David Robinson for a minute like after David Robinson retired he's center. always been a center yes <laughs> totally agree but greatest power forward of all time <laughs> like that's one of the biggest like misnomers yeah, in the history like, of sports the greatest power of forward of all time actually wasn't a power forward <laughs> um so I mean are we are you of the belief that this should just be the five best players in position shouldn't matter? That's where I'm at on this. I think it's dumb. I think with the contract implications, especially I, oh, with the new CBA, yeah, it's no, really sure. dumb. I agree. I mean, okay. it, it's that's really antiquated. I, mean, I, I think they probably will maybe think about changing it right. up. But it's uh, just, Well, here's my question, and I don't. maybe you'll have an answer to this. Does it hurt a player if half the media votes him as a forward and half votes him as a center? Like, Does that mean he splits votes and like might not make either? That's does, a good question. Or I, does the league have to establish it? Because like I clearly there's you, precedent for you can like players switching year to year. Well, to be fair, it won't come into play with Anthony Davis because he's either going to be listed at center or he's not going to be on the first team. Like nobody's going to list him over Kawhi and LeBron. You know, you wouldn't think no. The other the other change this year, and this makes so much sense in light of the new CBA rules with the you know the eligibility bonuses for the mega extensions. Team media employees no longer have a vote. So if you're a writer for Pistons.com, oh. you don't get to vote. If you're the play-by-play announcer for the Miami Heat, that's you don't get to why vote. they okay. I I heard that they had like cut back a yeah. big chunk of the voting block, and I was hoping that they had just like gotten rid of like the worst voters. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> but, what I thought at first too. But, like, like okay, well, now, people were complaining okay. about it on Twitter. Like, oh, so and so lost their vote. It's like, yeah, they lost their vote because it puts them in a really tough spot now. Yeah. Like, I mean, the big, the obvious one is like Paul George. You know, if you're the Pacers TV guy. You don't vote for Paul George, and he ends up losing by a couple of votes. If and I was out on eighty million dollars, I was the Pacers TV guy, and I had to vote. I just, I'd just put vote. him on the first team. I'd be like, yeah. Right. oh yeah, all, yeah, all like, the way, baby. Well, it just puts you in a really <laughs> compromising situation. Like you're never getting that guy for a one-on-one interview again well, if you don't. It's listen. just you. It's de- it's a decent thing to do. Like, are you really gonna be that hung up that you're gonna a guy that you work with like daily? You're gonna like be like, well, man, I just didn't think you were one of the fifteen best. Like. You well, no, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to say, like, what if you right. don't? Like, if you genuinely don't think that, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't make, like, be made right. to vote I that think way they, to protect I think yourself. what you're saying is, like, it was a good call. That yeah, they, it's, yeah, a, it's an agree. obvious call. Yeah. It probably should have been done years ago. Um, so I have the exact same five. Right. Okay. I think, I mean, this is the first time in a long time that there's really not much debate on the first team. 
I think I, there. I think you could. There is a center. I think you could yeah. argue for. Um, who is that? Who's my second team center? Do you want me to just yeah, go to my me. second team? Yeah. Uh, so I have Rudy Gobert at center on the second team, and then I have Draymond Green, Giannis Antetokounmpo at the forward spots, Steph Curry and John Wall at the guard spots on my second team. Okay, I have to admit I completely forgot about Rudy Gobert and did not have him on either of my teams, but he should be definitely on one of them, and he's going to make second or third team. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to have to make a quick alteration here. Um, who's it going to be? Who's I get, had DeMarcus Cousins as my second team yeah, center. A, I was deciding between Cousins and Gasol a, there. I ended up kicking out Gasol entirely. Um, <laughs> but, no, you, that's – You that's, love Cousins. I do love Cousins. <laughs> that's got to go – that's got to go to Gobert. I cannot believe I forgot about him. Wow. So Gobert, yeah, I'm going to switch that. Gobert's my second team guy. Um, I'm gonna, we'll decide on the third team center when we get there. So I got, <laughs> I got Gobert, Giannis, Draymond, Wall, and Curry. So we have this exact same? Yes. Okay, cool. Yep. Well, that's a lot of drama. Yeah. We have the exact same first right. and second teams. Yeah. So I have, I have a couple of minor notes for these guys. LeBron, if and when he's the first team guy, this will be 10 straight first team All-NBAs. His 11th overall first-team All-NBA selection. Harden did not make an All-NBA team at all last year, and he might win the MVP and will almost assuredly be a first-team All-NBA guy. Giannis, first buck since? To make, to make an All-NBA an team. An All-NBA team? Uh, Brandon Jennings did not make it in 2010. I'm going to say since... Ray Ray Allen, he had to make one, right? Yes, but he was not the most recent. Michael Red? Michael Red really? made a third team in two thousand three. That's that's the era Wild. of uh the NBA where I think I think you and I both agree early like pre LeBron two thousands mm. is the the low point in NBA history from a talent perspective. Yeah, I think so, but like like oh, 2001, <laughs> 2002, for example, your first team is Shaq, T-Mac, Duncan, Kobe, Kidd. Second team, Dirk, Weber, KG, Peyton, Iverson. Third team, Matumbo, Ben Wallace, Jermaine O'Neal, Paul Pierce, Steve Nash. Like That's pretty good. Okay. Hmm. That's better than I would have thought. Yeah, but you, you go back a couple more years, you start getting your Eddie Joneses. Maybe am I Stephon thinking? Marbury's. Am I thinking like '99? Am I just thinking like right after MJ retires? There's there's like a few years kind of in there in that yeah, the I mean, post MJ pre LeBron era where eight ninety eight ninety nine you had McDice you had Tim Hardaway was on the second team that year but I don't, I don't Hardaway was really there's nothing good. too egregious no. on okay. here I think okay. like some of the worst ones are are more recent where you got how did Michael Red make one though that's that's hey, weird to me Michael Red was a force <laughs> this is actually a pretty bad year oh three or oh four. You had the first team was good. Shaq, Duncan, KG, Kobe, and Kidd. Then Wallace, O'Neal, Jermaine O'Neal, Peja, T Mac. Sam Cassell was the second team All NBA guard that year. Peja and Sam Cassell made a second. Wasn't Peja second in the league in scoring that year though? I mean he he put on like a okay. like a, a basically a vintage Clay Thompson impression that year. Third team. <laughs> okay. Third team's a little rough. Yao, Dirk, <laughs> Metal World Peace, Baron Davis, and Michael Red. Uh, that third team is not going to age all that well. Hey, Dirk's a, Dirk's a top fifteen player of all time. Two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. <laughs> Joe Kim Noah was a first teamer. Tony Parker was a second teamer. Al Jefferson was a third teamer. Oof. So that right. doesn't look all that great. All right. All um, right. 
So yeah, uh, a little bit of a history lesson there. <laughs> John Wall, if and when he makes a, an All NBA team, is going to be the first Wizard since Gilbert Arenas ten years ago. Yep. Oh six, oh seven. Steph Curry, last four years. Assuming he's going to be a second teamer this year, it'll be second team, first team, first team, second team. So my question is like, does Katie coming to this team and kind of diminishing Steph's impact a little bit, like does that hurt him when we look back all time? at where his standing is or does the projected winning with this team kind of offset that i mean they're at a spot where it's all about titles and as long as they win you know they gotta they gotta win one more for sure i think they they should be aiming to win at least two or three more as long as they put a few more banners up i don't think anyone's gonna look at what like steph curry's points per game were whether he's first team or second team like this season uh, but if if they just never if he goes from like MVP MVP to like second team most years from here on out and they don't win any more titles then I do think that that kind of lowers his standing but mm-hmm. I, I do think it just comes down to winning at this point right. I don't I don't think you would have like I think it would be a, a tough like I would probably try to find a way to put Durant on my first team if he'd stayed healthy but like I don't even think he's a lock to make the first team this year, just given uh, all the options out there, even if he stays healthy. So I think it's more of just a the way the Warriors are built, where you look at LeBron, Kawhi, Harden, Westbrook, those are one-man shows. Like It's it's not even close to what the Warriors have. Like Clay Thompson would be the second-best player on all four of those teams. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a different setup. Yeah. So I have KD on my third team. I assume you maybe do as well. Yes. So Durant is going to be back on Saturday. Assuming he plays in the Warriors' final three games, that'll put him at 62 for the year. If he had played, I don't know, 75, 80, whatever, who would he have had a chance to knock off a first team, Kawhi or LeBron? Uh, man, that's tough. I'd. <laughs> I mean Durant's numbers I'd probably <laughs> see that would be that that's where I think you'd have a huge section of the um voter block just crying about the fact that they have to put a center on there because mm-hmm. it's just absolutely insane to think of leaving Kawhi LeBron or a healthy Durant off of first team this year like if you just take Durant's stats and prorate him through the rest of the season i'd probably i'd probably end up leaving off durant i think i think so too okay here's his, here's <laughs> here durant's numbers right now 25 points a little over eight rebounds five assists one and a half blocks a steal 54 percent shooting 38 percent shooting from three lebron is better in all like better or the same in all those categories uh Durant's argument basically is he's on a team that's going to win 67 games like that's that's his like trump card if you believe it be well and he would have uh I mean he presumably would have played what like four or five more games if he'd stayed healthy than LeBron um yeah and he would I have, mean, maybe I don't know he'd probably rest a little bit you know I think his he might try more than LeBron defensively in the regular season at this stage in their careers so I mean I I, I think it's I think it's close. I just I think it's a lot easier to kind of look at 
the amount of work LeBron and Kawhi have to do and the lack of help they have and just make it really hard to reconcile not having them be on the first mm-hmm. team. Whereas, like, Durant, like, they're going to cruise to the first seed and he missed 30 yeah. games. So it's right, like, we can kind of go both ways. It's like, yeah, your team is the best and you should be rewarded for that. But there are some voters that'll see it as, okay, you guys kind of stack the deck, so you're going to get penalized for that. I mean, like, there's got, there's not, there can't be much of a precedent for the team with the runaway best record in the league not being represented on the first team. And like you said, even if Durant was healthy, there's a pretty good chance he wouldn't have made first team. I can guarantee you that if Durant had stayed healthy the rest of the year, I'd have him ahead of at least one of my first team guards on, on MVP balloting. Like, I think he, I mean, I think you can make a pretty strong case that the the three forwards we're talking about lebron Kawhi, and durant are the three most complete players in the game mm-hmm. so i i think it's just kind of one of those things where there's only two forward spots and you have to make right. a tough call third team give me your center uh marcus i'm sorry that's incorrect <laughs> i mean it to me it was between gasol and Jokic, and uh gasol he's He's on a winning team. Uh, he, you know, we have a track record of him being a defensive force. I know the advanced stats aren't quite there to that degree this season, but he, you know, I still trust his defense a lot more, and I trust a guy like Jokic's defense. Uh, similar, I mean, he's a better passer probably than Jokic, which is crazy. I mean, like not I don't pure know about pass, that. not skill wise, but like in terms of. Like like Jokic's highlight reel of passes is going to be way more impressive, but um, I mean Gasol's just does so much with that offense and does so much with that defense. And I mean that team to me is it's pretty incredible what they've been able to do this year, given the amount of healthy good players they have. So I, I'd go with Gasol slightly over Jokic, but Jokic will get his fair share of all NBA teams down the road. Jokic would have been a problem on the and one tour. <laughs> he kind of he's a couple years late Dude, on that. T Mac would have been a problem. On, a lot of NBA players, like, <laughs> like Rafer Alston, was a problem on, on the I, one thing tour. I would say, like just quickly about T Mac, like if we were doing <clears throat> like some sort of a one on one bracket of you can take like any player and you just have to pick like one season of that version of that player, and then it's like a one on one tournament, like prime t-mac might win the all-time one-on-one tournament because he's like you couldn't stop him like one-on-one and he had the size to guard you know four positions probably so Mm -hmm. i mean another another point arguably the greatest player of all time (laughs) how much do you think his shoes and incredible run of commercials with adidas helped him get into the hall of fame Uh, i think they probably played zero role but that one that one with the Master P song, or the Birdman, <laughs> who sings? Or what happened to that boy? Uh, it's really, Birdman and Clips, of course. To me, uh, for a long time, I thought Master P and Birdman were the same person. <laughs> um, his it is it should be a, a huge mark in his favor, though, that he was able to have uh, Adidas shoes made for him that were actually good shoes. Uh, yeah, him and Kobe Bryant, I think, are the only two guys to ever accomplish that. Right, uh, a rare feat. Uh, truly rare feat. And I saw someone at the gym yesterday wearing a pair of the new Hardens that we have been making fun of. 
they look even worse in person. They I hope he got terrible. him. A, I hope he got him as a gift. I, every time I see those, I'm like, take that cover off. Like you left the cover on, man. Pull that off. The guy was wearing hardened shoes and an Andre Drummond alternate gray Pistons jersey. Yeah, just a bizarre combination. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I loves the NBA. Who's the rest of your third team <laughs> after center? Uh, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Isaiah Thomas, and Clay Thompson. Okay, so my center spot, I kind of have it split right now after this whole Gobert debacle <laughs> between Towns and Cousins, two guys who have really not been anywhere near the playoffs all season. <laughs> uh, but I think Towns' numbers. Look, he's got ridiculous. He's got great offensive year. numbers. He's got he defensively rebound, not so much. Rebounds the ball really well. He's great score. He jumps quite a bit. Twenty five points per game. Twelve rebounds. Three assists. A block and a half. Thirty six percent from three. Fifty four percent from the field. That's a ridiculous season. And I get that the Timberwolves aren't winning, but if the T Wolves had won like seven more games, I think he would be a shoe in. Look, he'll he'll get his he'll get on some teams. He'll get on some All NBA teams. Just not this it's year. It's not his fault that Zach Levine tore his ACL and Andrew Wiggins doesn't really know what he's doing. Well, I mean, I don't know. So, do you think you think if like, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it is fair to say that like if if you switch Towns and Jokic, the Nuggets are probably at least the same and probably better, but. I mean, we don't really know that. I mean, that's a hard game to play. I think you can make a ton of cases where you switch out an MVP candidate with Russell Westbrook and that team gets worse. But, I mean, is that fair? Is that a fair argument? Like, I don't know. Uh, so, I, I, I just... So, did you consider Towns or Cousins at all? Or was it down to, you know, it was Jokic um, and Gasol? I didn't really consider... I, I definitely didn't consider Cousins. Okay. Um, you know, I to me, it's just, I think Marcus all like... I would take him like if I was building a team to win this year. I would take him over those two guys, like ba- based on what he's done this season. What if I told you Marcus Saul is averaging fewer than seven rebounds per game? That's he's a unique player, man. He also averages like almost five assists per game at center. True. <laughs> I mean, but okay, like he shoots. What's he shoot from three? Like thirty six, something like that. Um, Thirty nine. Thirty nine, yeah. <laughs> so you were a, wrong. He's a unique player. DeMarcus Cousins averages four assists per game and rebounds twelve and a half per game. Cool. Like to me that's more valuable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and the numbers have proven it. DeMarcus Put, Cousins in the let's, playoffs. Why don't we why don't we switch if we switch Marcus All and DeMarcus Cousins, that Grizzlies team wins like thirty five games ish. How many games do the Pelicans win? Um Probably I don't know. Like I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, I meant like kind of like starting out the year, probably with the ki- with the Kings. The Kings, mm. I think, I think Marcus Saul gets that Kings team to like forty, forty one wins. Okay, I'm not going to comment on that. So my third team, we're going to do a, the first ever <laughs> split vote between Demarcus Cousins and Carl Towns, two overwhelmingly deserving centers. Um, and you know, if and when Towns gets that spot, he'll be the first T Wolf <laughs> in ten years yep, since the great sure. Kevin Garnett. What do you, um, well quickly? What do you who do you think the the three uh, centers? Will I be? think it'll be I think Gobert, Davis, and Gasol are going to yeah. get it. I yeah. think Jokic was really good, but I think the Nuggets maybe not making the playoffs is going to hurt him. And I think he's been a little too inconsistent because he really wasn't good for the first month and a half, and that was because they weren't using him right. Uh, and I think Gasol just has a reputation, and the rest of that Grizzlies team has just not been that good. 
So those are the three. I would be pretty surprised, honestly, unless there's a positional flop somewhere, uh, if it's not those three. Although, I mean, DeAndre Jordan was first teamer last year. Is he just not in the conversation at all this year? I mean, that's a good one. I I like DeAndre. It's, yeah. it's, it's a strangely deep center class. It's deep at its top heavy, I which think. Which is weird considering you know all the commentary surrounding that this year but what about Dwight Howard <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> what about him last he's the last center to make three straight all nba teams he made eight straight all nba teams he made five straight first team all nbas what about al horford has al horford ever made one yeah he's made, he made a third team in 2010-11 that was it Nice try. <laughs> Al Horford is not better than Dwight. Um, <laughs> nice try. Well, I think. I mean, honestly, if this goes the way that you have it predicted, and you know, if Marcus Cousins doesn't make it, none of the centers from last year's All NBA team will be on this year's NBA team. Last year it was Jordan, Cousins, Drummond. Drummond's for sure off. <laughs> Drummond's like Drummond's so far <laughs> off. He's not even like, like remotely what, in the discussion. What team would he make? Like sixth, sixth or seventh team? I don't think so because we already have we already have Towns. <laughs> Jokic, Cousins, uh, Dwight. Dwight makes it over him, I think. <laughs> I think he does. Uh, does Hassan Whiteside make it over oh, him? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, anything, that, any criticism Jordan, you throw at. Jordan, yeah. so that's. That's like eight. So, I mean, Drummond might be like your 10th team center. Any criticism you throw at Whiteside, <laughs> you can throw equally at, oh, as yeah. hard at Drummond sure. and it's for worse. Sure. So, right. yeah. I think he's like your 10th team center. What about Whiteside? He's not in the conversation at all? No. Okay. All right. Not for me. All right. Well, my third team, I got Jimmy Butler. I think he's probably a second team guy most years, but it's just too deep. I got Durant, IT, and instead of Thompson, I went to Rosen. Yeah. Because some Raptor has to make it, and Lowry was hurt. I, I think it I should decided, be Thompson. I decided not to put okay. it after. If if Lowry had not gotten hurt, I would have had Lowry in that spot. Sure. Um, but I there's just some something about the Thompson DeRozan comparison mm-hmm. that I just cannot I cannot go DeRozan. Okay. I just can't. All right. So <laughs> these are guys who did not make either of our teams, but were on an all NBA team last year. Drummond, we said, DeAndre, we said. Damian Lillard was the second team guard last year. Mm-hmm. He's out. There's really not much of a case for him to make it this year, which is crazy because the numbers are good, but mm-hmm. he's not going to make it over Wall. He's not going to make it over Thomas. I think if you want to say Lillard, Thompson, or DeRozan, I don't think you have to go. I think DeRozan you're and like first. I think uh, DeRozan is going to make. Like I think your guards are correct. I don't know if it's going to be Wall or Thomas. So you picked with your heart third. a little bit more there. No, I'm I'm saying I'm right and the majority's wrong. Oh, about okay. that. Like, oh, I think, right. yeah, like, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chris Paul was a second team guard last year. Missed too many games. I mean, some years I would still probably make a case for him, even with that amount of games He's on the play third 62. team. But like, it's just too close. I mean, there's too many other good options. Right. Even if he played 82, are you convinced he would he would make it over DeRozan or Absolute, IT? Absolutely. I think he'd make over it over. Who? I think he'd make it over DeRozan. I think he'd be. And and I think he might make I think I think Chris Paul, if he played the full season, would be probably on the second team with Steph. I think it would be IT and John Wall on the third team. I think Chris Paul is vastly underrated right now. 
I agree, but Nobody I think, talks about but baseball. I, I mean, I think in the, I don't think he is in the media though. Like, I think he, I yeah. think the people voting for That's it fair. Would, would do that. Yeah, I th- well, I just think with the the. F- you know, disappointment that the Clippers... Literally nobody talks about the Clippers. Like, the fact that we, like, didn't even consider DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Like, Blake, I mean, the Clippers are just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Get out of here. Exactly. Blake, you know, injury. <laughs> I think he, he certainly has a case if he's not hurt. LaMarcus Aldridge was a third teamer last year. No way in, in hell <laughs> no. is he anywhere near no. an all-NBA team this year. No. Uh, Clay was a, a third teamer last year. You know, if he gets on, it's going to be a similar situation. So, IT, assuming he makes a team, this will be his first... Uh, first ever all NBA team. It would be Towns's first. Um, it would be Wall's first. It would be Giannis's first. And I think that would be it. As DeRozan, no, DeRozan has not made one. So this will likely be his first. And I don't believe Jimmy Butler has made one either. No, he has not. So a lot of new faces um, could be on the all NBA teams this year. Notable omissions. Omissions. Ly- Lillard. Kyrie, Brad Beal, C.J. McCollum, <clears throat> Kemba Walker, um, Gordon Hayward, who we have not even brought up, Blake and C.P., Kevin Love, Whiteside, anyone else that I'm not thinking of? say Paul George? No, I didn't say Paul George. Paul George. That's probably someone we should be talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's the... <sighs> I I kind of think... I think George might make it somehow just because I think writers are going to feel really weird about basically voting away a guy's chance to make 70 million extra dollars. But it's really hard for me to make a case for him over Jimmy Butler. Just looking at, I mean, I guess those teams are similarly bad. Um, I mean, you're looking at the bulls team. That's 38 and 40 with that was just constructed so haphazardly this offseason with a coach who's clearly in over his head and Jimmy Bolt Jimmy Butler still drags him into the postseason and then you have the Pacers also similarly flawed the way they're constructed also with a coach who might be in over his head uh I don't know that's a tough call I mean PGA no one has more to lose than Paul George because this is going to be our first kind of case study for how this all works out with a player needing this all NBA nod to be eligible for the Supermax. So we're looking at about an $80 million difference for Paul George. So if you're the Pacers, you really, really want him to make all NBA because if he doesn't, you lose $80 million worth of leverage. Right. I don't think the, I don't think the Gordon Hayward thing is going to be close. So that's not really, that's the same thing basically, but he's not going to make it. No, yeah, Gordon Hayward, yeah, exactly, same boat. But I think if it came down to Hayward versus George for one spot, it would easily be George, right? So I think that yeah. kind of knocks Hayward out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, do you want to talk awards at all, or do you want to skip over let's that? Let's save that for next week. Yeah, let's do that. We'll save the Fultz stuff, too. All right, that's cool. not going anywhere. Uh, all right, we'll wrap this up. The Three Amigos will be back tomorrow. Ken Kreitz is actually in studio. I can confirm that he did bring the train whistle with him. So three amigos will be coming at you on Friday. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.